I don't need university. Like, I don't need, like, my school exams. Like, I yeah. signed to a record company. Like, I'm going to do what I want. Like, I'm going to get party. <laughs> um, and so I think irrelevant of anything happening with my family or my mom, like, there was some sort of crash coming, you know, right. at some point because I hadn't, like, grounded myself very well and I was, like, immersed in all of the drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Um, but then to have also the loss of my mother happen at exactly the same time as, like, that band ending as well it was, like, <laughs> like, wow. Um, start again. It was, like, who am I? What am I doing with my life? What do I want to do? I'm Ren McDonald, and this is The Hope Initiative a show dedicated to learning about humans on planet Earth, where I speak with everyday people to find moments of success and struggle in their life to help inspire hope in yours. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Hope Initiative. My name's Rin, thanks again for being here. On today's episode, I speak with musician Charlie Thorpe. Charles, as she's known in the musical world, was thrust into the limelight at a young age. Just out of high school, she signed a record deal with a high school friend and toured the world. From hosting Nickelodeon to opening for Justin Bieber, she's lived an interesting life. And at the age of just 30, she's now got quite a unique take on things. I hope you enjoy this episode. Without further ado, here is Charlie Thorpe. That's all right. That's how I'm used to singing into microphones. Perfect. It's literally like this. <laughs> Just delicate. La, 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 la. Perfect. Okay. So, yeah, like I said, I do have some questions here please but i like just having a normal conversation well you can just start it off with a question and yeah well actually i'll start it off by saying charlie thorpe welcome to the hope initiative thank you (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome thanks for having me in this seemingly what would you call it it's european i feel oh i don't know i think it's like an igloo um Mm. i feel like it's very like I don't know, like Nor Norway. I'm trying to it's like Scandinavian. Maybe. maybe better. I don't know. I I just describe it to people as an upside down half pipe. Mm, very true. Yeah. Or the inside of an egg. Right. <laughs> There's a couple of visuals for you. Yeah. Listen, listening. But this is yeah where you're living. So thanks for having me here today. Thank you for coming. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so we're about to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm about to rattle off some questions. We met. Uh, through mutual friends, I would say, a few years ago. Yes. Now, you are very good friends with Jess, Jessica Fairley, and Ali Ainsworth, the former of which has been on the podcast. Oh, really? Yes. I've had had her on, I think, episode 16, possibly. Yeah. I have to go and listen to it now. I have to listen to that (laughs) one. It was really good. Um, But that's, I say, how we met. Now, we've never really sat, sat down and spoken, however, about, say, anything too deep i would say we've always sort of just been here and there you know hi how you going those sort of things i'm really excited to to do this and learn from you because i feel from what i have heard from those two in particular there's a lot to you so we'll uh cool yeah 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 me too we'll see we'll see how we go so i'd like to start firstly by you giving a brief rundown of who you are (laughs) and maybe not so much who you are but a bit of a like 
I guess, a run through of your life from the earliest memory maybe you had up and up until present time. So, wow. and I like to challenge people and say, do it in three minutes or less, because I feel like we could probably all go into great detail, but, um, okay. Yeah. Put you on the spot. And I have done this with other people. So I'm not going to sit here and have like a timer and say, Hey, stop. It's been three minutes. Yeah. But, yeah. Just have to pick out the tasty bits. Hey, whatever you would like, whatever's important to you. Okay. Here we go. Cool. You can take a minute if you want to have a quick thing, but <laughs> no, no. let it roll. Um, so I was born and I was born in Melbourne um, to my parents and I spent a lot of time growing up down in the coastal town Apollo Bay. Um, my dad is a musician. Well, he's actually a school teacher, but he is a... He loves music, plays lots of guitars, um, taught me guitar growing up. I used to sing a lot growing up um, and always wrote songs. My mom was an art teacher. We used to be encouraged to do a lot of painting, creativity, songwriting, hippie stuff. (laughs) Um, I went to a little community school in primary school called Fitzroy Community School. Um, My mom was the art teacher and it was in a house in Fitzroy. Um, And then I moved to another uh, alternative sort of arts-based school called Press Hill. And we had lots of animals and, again, like big creative focus into um, art. I got very into songwriting probably in like year six, year seven, and started um, writing songs with another girl at school and singing together. The guitarist of Hunters and Collectors was one of the parents at our school. Okay. And we had made a little EP together, me and the girl, when we were 13. Quite a good EP, actually. Like, I've listened back to it a few times. I've been like, they're good songs for 13-year-olds. Wow, nice. Um, And so he ended up signing us to his record label and um, management label. And then we sort of kept singing for a few years, like um, had fake IDs and went to open mic nights and got really good at our craft. And then when we were in year 12, we were 17, we signed on to Universal Music um, and recorded an album and released that and had quite an extensive sort of career for a few years of making music videos, like putting songs out to radio, touring around the world, essentially. Um, is with this friend? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So in the band that we were in together. Yeah. Um, what was the band called? The band was called Dash and Will. Dash and, and Will. Yes. Okay. Explain the name. Why Dash and Will? Uh, because if I was going to be a boy, my parents were going to call me Dash. Okay. And if she was going to be a boy, her parents were going to call her Will. Wow, cool. So Dash and Will. Um, so we were best friends from when we were nine years old at school together. Yeah. And then, you know, we were touring full-time from when we were 18 um, for quite a lot of years and that was very intense and an intense time of our lives finishing school and like being thrown into that sort of um, I guess somewhat of a limelight and um, you know we went a little bit wild for a few years yeah and things ended up not great between us at the end. Yeah. Um, and we just decided to call it quits, I think, when we were 22, 21, 22. The last thing we did together actually was 
tour with Justin Bieber around Australia. So we played. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last thing we did. Oh, yeah. We'd actually. This little guy, Justin Bieber. Yeah. We'd quit. We were just like, like, we're done. Like, we don't really want to do this anymore. Yeah. And then we got picked for the Justin Bieber tour. And we were like, no, nah, no, nah, we don't want to do it. And the record label was like, uh, you actually owe us a lot of money. So you need to do this tour. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was a quite a funny experience. Blackmailed into touring with Justin Bieber. Basically, yeah. We were like, oh, we're in, we're in debt. We're going to do this. Um, but it's a strange thing to do to go and play like Rod Lover Arena and all the those stadiums and walk out on stage and like try and, um, I don't know, have some sort of purpose in it but knowing that like you're done and you've quit and you don't actually want that band to continue anymore but you still have to go and put on some sort of a show and pretend that you do right did you like in in that tour like how long was the tour um it was just a few weeks okay yeah was there any sense of maybe resurrecting it through through the shows because i can i could imagine you know touring justin bieber it's probably quite a lot of energy high energy i'm not too sure how sort of high profile it was prior to that but yeah. not really i think okay. we were both pretty done at that point yeah um which would bring me to my next point yeah i'm allowed to like say like any sort of thing on this podcast absolutely know? yeah okay cool so i mean as long as it's in english so i can converse <laughs> back <laughs> yes. um my mother had been really sick with cancer for since i was in year 10 yeah and at the time of this Justin Bieber tour and like that last year when we were starting to quit the band, it just got like to a very bad point. And so that was what I wanted. I was like, I need to stop this band and just go home and be with my mum. Yeah. Um, which is what I did. So straight after the band finished, um, so I was 22 and then I came home and I looked after my mum for a year. And then my mum passed away when I was 22, so it must have been 21, um, which then led to like many years of kind of dropping out of music, I guess. And oh. kind of, um, I like moved down the coast and like got a job in a cafe down, down in the coast and just like lived for a few years. Um, and it's taken me probably like until the last three years to like fully make my way back into music. Mm after all of that because it was just a little bit crazy for a few years yeah right yeah when you say crazy is that because of loss loss of your mother like did you feel like i like that would obviously have a, a big impact on someone but is that what took you away from music like in feel? some ways in some ways like losing my mum actually like straightened me out a little bit to be honest because i was a little bit crazy right like i always just was um you can share. You can. <laughs> I liked, I don't know, I just liked, like, experiencing the wild side of life. Right. And um, We're talking, like, drugs, because, like, you're touring the world. Like. Yes, yeah, yeah, like, drugs and drinking and just, yeah. Um, yeah, just lots of partying. And sure. that being in the band at that point, um, yeah, it just kind of, really it was very hard to have any sort of stability having gone from high school and having been doing like doing the band and having those opportunities um arrive for me while I was in high school yeah I was like I don't need university like I don't need like my school exams like I yeah. signed a record company like I'm gonna do what I want like I'm gonna get party <laughs> um 
And so I think irrelevant of anything happening with my family or my mum, like there was some sort of crash coming, you know, right. at some point because I hadn't like grounded myself very well and I was like immersed in all of the drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Um, but then to have also the loss of my mother happen at exactly the same time as like that band ending as well. It was like, <laughs> mm. like, wow. Um, start again was like, who am I? What am I doing with my life? What do I want to do? Yeah. Do you look back on that now? It was about eight years ago because I know you turned 30 recently. Yeah. Do you think like, yeah, looking back in retrospect that that was a big failure, say ending that band at that time? Like, do you look back with a lot of regret? No, not at all. Like, I mean, I was never quite... Um, creatively happy in that partnership yeah. I don't think either of us were and it was like even at the best of times it was quite a tumultuous relationship it was very like between you two or yeah well between us two level? it was very like heated and um, even just in our friendship like before we had been doing music we had like a very intense relationship there was a lot of like fighting okay. the whole time kind of like Heat, like a heated sistership, you know, like right. what sisters would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Good thing you weren't brothers, or you'd probably be punishing. Yeah, it dash got, and will. Except <laughs> pretty bad at times. <laughs> sure. Um, but so you know, we had to try and make this songwriting thing work together, and to share this creativity that neither of us really wanted to share with each other. But you know, it's we were signed into all these contracts, and we had all these opportunities that we felt relied on us being in this partnership mm. so but like essentially the whole time like i wanted to do my solo stuff yeah i wanted to do a totally different sort of genre of music and what um, was the genre that you were doing it was like garage pop rock okay can you describe that for some of the listeners <clears throat> i mean i i have some idea of what that would be but there will definitely be people listening who will have no idea what um that is. so it was like if you imagine like two young teenage girls trying to emulate the strokes. Okay. So it was like a little bit like angsty, poppy. Um, I'm trying not to like put myself down right now because <laughs> I feel like I've grown, I've grown more than needing to like degrade it, but like it was not what I'm doing now. <laughs> cool. Fair enough. Yeah. And what's your relationship like with, with a girl, non-existent? Or? Non-existent. Okay. Yeah. We, I have tried to reach out a few times, but it, um, yeah, no, she doesn't want that. So I think there was a lot of stuff. We did a lot of stuff to each other, you know, yeah. throughout that time. And it was, there was a lot of painful stuff for both of us there. Um, and I think she probably like blames me for a lot of it and definitely I probably would have been difficult to be in a some sort of a marriage with at that point yeah um but yeah it's sad but maybe one day maybe one day it will happen <laughs> yeah where is she uh I think she moved to Sydney okay. I think I she's don't... like grew up here right you were best friends for a time yeah yeah what yeah. do you what do you think caused that like, I could imagine as well, yeah, in high school, 
everything's going along. You're obviously quite good at music. Next minute, you're touring the world and you're signed to a record label. So like, is your question what caused like the breakup or what caused what the... What caused the, like, the start of the friction like to go from best friends to four years later? You know, yeah, breaking the band up. Like, do you think back as like this was a thing or is it just an accumulation of like things um, that you... I think there was an accumulation of stuff. I think it's hard to share, to try and share in an equal... Um, like, it would be different if there was five of us, you know, or if there mm. was three of us or something. But two, there's always a little bit of off balance. And in some ways, like, I think that I did get treated differently to her sometimes. Mm. Like, sometimes I would, I think, be um, treated sometimes as more of the main singer. Right. And that, you know, like, we'd do guest spots on... TV shows or something like that and they would only allow one of us to do it and I would get picked, you know, something like that, which would feel really shit. Totally. Like, honestly, at the time I was just like, whatever, get over it. But now I'm just like, that's awful. Like, who would be okay with that? Right. So there was that stuff and then there was just general, you know, just teenage bad behavior (laughs) towards each other. Sure. I understand. And it adds up and then you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Thanks for, uh, for sharing <laughs> all that. Yeah. That was a huge part of my life. Like, it's crazy when I think back to, like, I'm always telling my friend Lauren, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I went over to East Timor and toured with the troops over there. And oh, I went over and did this. And all of it is from when I was in that band. Like, I just got to do, like, the most amazing things for so many years and in the last eight years it's been so much calmer and more of just more of a normal life which Mm. I really like living but I did have a lot of like crazy amazing experiences in that band yeah so a lot of crazy experiences can you think of one that you maybe would like to share, like the craziest or the the funnest, doesn't have to be particularly damning of you and your personality, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, hmm. Oh, there's so many different ones. Um, one doesn't come to mind. Like, there's a there's a few. Can I say a few? Absolutely. Because I'm like choosing between. Yeah, yeah. Share like, them both. Or a couple. Probably like one of the funnest things we did was the like going to East Timor and um, entertaining the soldiers over there. And so we spent like two weeks, I think. Um, and they took us. So at night time we would play in all of the like helipads for the soldiers like we would be at a different location every night um and in the daytime they would take us like through army activities so we we would like go stunt flying in the black hawks wow um and then like other days like we would go like shooting like they'd set up in the gun ranges like 
every single gun that the army owns. <laughs> there was like, I don't know, 15 or something of them. Yeah. Like on tripods and stuff. And we got to like shoot all the guns. Um, <laughs> other times they would do displays with the war dogs. So they'd get all the war dogs out with their owners and like dress some guy up in some like thick suit and like set the dogs on him and get them to do all these like crazy war tricks <laughs> maneuvers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow that was part of them being like welcome like come to the army and like look at all the things we can do wow um so you're locate getting recruited whilst entertaining them <laughs> <laughs> something like that <laughs> um yeah so that was like a really that was a really fun experience um yeah another cool thing we did was we hosted a show on nickelodeon um so we got flown up to sydney and we got put in hotels there and we stayed there for like a few weeks as we went into the nickelodeon studios every day and hosted this music show okay so it wasn't just a one-off no it was like a season oh wow which is really weird because um i don't probably more now i don't particularly like being on camera or talking (laughs) like i like singing and playing music but i guess yeah Back then, I was a bit more um, brave. And so, yeah, we would have, like, scripts, like, full scripts that we would have to go through every morning. And we'd have to go straight there and get into hair and makeup for, like, two hours. And then they'd set up the whole Nickelodeon studios. And then we'd have, like, other famous guests coming in and we'd, like, interview them (laughs) about music and stuff. Um, And then at the end of that, they had the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards where they like fly in all these international stars and stuff and have like a red carpet. And we were like the, one of the interviewers oh, wow. on the carpet. Yeah. I actually saw a bit of footage the other day from somewhere and I was just like, that's crazy. There was like lights and cameras and like thousands of kids everywhere. And yeah. like, I'm literally on the red carpet um, interviewing other people like a host. Wow. <laughs> it's so weird. How do you reckon you went? Like, do you think you I mean, like, it's definitely, I shouldn't give up my day job <laughs> for that. For sure. I mean, go back and listen to the first few episodes of this podcast. Like, I'm, I'm lucky I'm still here doing this. So It's practice, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think we did a adequate job, but... Nice. I don't love it. <laughs> um, cool experience, though, by the sound of it. Totally. And, like, like, almost the way you're describing it to me. And I would have never known you've done this i feel i mean mm. sure we probably could have had a conversation at some point and gotten to the, this point but it seems like for me looking at you like another life ago yeah right literally that's what it feels like it's it's very strange like i don't i like i feel much more in this life now but mm. like i do have these like memories and it like i think back to those times and it feels like it was a different person in mm. a different life and it's so strange because I still feel like a young person now mm. and like, I don't feel like a proper adult, even though I am. What is a proper adult? I don't know. I've I have no like, idea. <laughs> I've come to terms with the fact that I'm probably just going to feel like this forever. Mm. <laughs> a young person who's viewed as old by people younger than you. Yeah. When I said uh, you turned 30 earlier, I wasn't trying to say that. Just so you know. <laughs> no, no, no. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, that was a very long three minutes, so thank you. <laughs> I, I think I swear I made it to like under three minutes. I might have. Been, I'll, we'll have to look after <laughs> editing back. Um, 
So when you were telling me a bit about your life, you mentioned your parents yes. and described how creative they were. Yeah. Um, it was sort of clear to me walking through the house, coming out here, what a nice place it is and how nice it is. I'm not going to mention the suburb that we're in <laughs> for you know security okay. purposes and all that, but it is a nice area as well for that sort of thing, for you know creativity and you know music, art. What is with like, obviously your parents were you know, very influential in, it seems, what your life is now in terms of, you know, being a musician. Totally. What is your first memory of music? Whether it's from your dad who was a musician or, you know, listening to, you know, the radio in the car on a on a road trip. Um, You know what? It's probably my mum playing CDs and, like, swaying with me in her arms in the lounge room. Um, she, yeah, always used to put on, like, there was a few different artists that she would, like, repetitively play. Um, mm. Like Elvis and Van Morrison. <laughs> a lot of Elvis and Van Morrison. I was about to say before, my first memory, sorry to cut you off. No. Like, when I was little, my stepdad loves van morrison and on drives would just play it and it was like the thing i looked forward to like don't get me wrong like my family and going and seeing them but you know mm-hmm. you can't choose your family <laughs> as harsh as that sounds but you know you're going to see your cousins it's like i just have really nice memories of listening to van morrison astral weeks i can't look to be honest i'm not as musically inclined i i know some of the songs don't yeah, get yeah, me wrong, yeah, yeah. but it's like What's the, is it Darkest Side of the Moon? Yeah. What's, what's that song? Moonlight? Um, on the Bright Side? Bright Side well, of the Moon? I don't you know. You merged two of these def- songs yeah. together. <laughs> anyway, I'll definitely edit all this bit out so I don't sound like a total idiot. Um, but anyway, Van Morrison. Van Morrison. Okay. Yeah. So Elvis, Van Morrison, was there any? Um, and The Pretenders, a lot of the okay. band, The Pretenders. Yeah. So she, yeah, she was just like a real music lover. She was a real art lover, and um, so, oh, George Michael as well. A lot of George Michael. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, she used to put on like these favorite songs that she had, and um, like I don't know if I knew then, but when I think back to it now, like I think she just used to put on these like albums and like get like really melancholy and get really emotional, and just like turn it up loud and be fully immersed in this music. And for some reason, I was just there with her for a Mm. lot of that. And so that was one side of sort of music coming into my life. And then um, there was my dad playing guitar all the time at home. Actually, that guitar that's right there. It's my favorite guitar. And there's a picture of me sitting with that next to me. And I think I'm about like six months old. Okay. So the guitar's a bit bigger. The guitar you? is massively bigger than me. <laughs> yeah. Um and That's cool. so me and my dad just like the way that I learned, I don't ever remember like learning guitar, like practicing or practicing chords or anything, but we used to find songs that we both loved, like um Cheryl Crow or like used to play a lot of U two U two or like some sort of country music and yeah. we would just play the songs together and I would sing. Like every night after school, I would come home and we would sing and play songs together. Mm. 
and that's sort of how I learnt to sing and play. Yeah. Nice. Um, one other interesting point, actually, in music in my life yeah. <clears throat> was that my... So we don't have, like, much family around us. We have... Um, my mum was Polish mm-hmm. and her brother was like her only relative on that side. So yeah. I never met any of my grandparents. They were all dead before me. My sister were born. Yeah. Um, so my mum and her brother were very close and they lived down the road from us and they sort of brought us up as like a European family would where it was like almost siblings, me and um, my cousin Maddie. She was like the third sister basically. Okay. And so my other cousin who um she now lives in america and she was a bit older than us she was she used to babysit us when we were maybe like three four five and she would have been like 16 17 and i think my dad taught her guitar actually but anyway she was like wild like totally rock and roll queen and um was always in trouble running away from home like just getting up to like mischief (laughs) and she was in these rock bands and she ended up like touring with Courtney Love when Courtney Love came over marrying the lead singer of this band Rancid who's like huge oh really yeah and then moving over to America and we just like followed her like she would call every Saturday here when we had our big Polish lunch every Saturday and we sort of followed her career and life over in America and she was always like hanging out with Gwen Stefani and like all of these like rock stars and um and she adored my mum like Mm. adored my mum so every time she was over in Australia um she would come and visit us and come and hang out with my parents and she ended up marrying the lead singer of the Queens of the Stone Age and they now have three kids together and oh so she got divorced to the lead singer from Rancid got divorced and married Josh Tommy, yeah. I've definitely heard of Queens of the Stone Age. I yeah. couldn't tell you a single member's name, but okay. Yeah, yeah. She's married to lead singer there. Yeah. Wow. And so, but anyway, that was always happening close to me. Hmm. And so it was always real to me that you could be a successful musician, that you could like choose to be a musician in life because she had done that and yeah. she had like, you know, led a wild life, but she had pursued solely that yeah and so my mum was always like you know like Bree's got a recording studio in America like if you write a song like you can go over and record with her and I was always like okay mum she's like write us a hit like make us money I'm like all right (laughs) um that's nice encouragement so there was never any pressure to go and get you know a, a job in some conventional industry so to speak like a No, probably the opposite. Yeah. You know, and like occasionally that's something that I, I was talking to dad about it the other day and I was joking, but I was just like, oh, why didn't you stop me from doing this? Like, (laughs) this is like, it's a challenging path to choose being an artist. Yeah. And I was like, you knew that. Why didn't you like tell me to go and I don't know, be a teacher or a lawyer or something that's like has straight lines and like set out maps of where to go. I mean, he's a teacher. He's a teacher. And I'm sure, you, like, you have 
a good understanding because you've obviously worked some other jobs. Yeah, you mm. mentioned, you know, when you're many. 22, you I've went down into so many jobs. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, life isn't necessarily straight lines. And I know you were saying that before, and it's like, you know, you almost pick and choose what you struggle with. Now, I think, you know, I've had a few artists, a few musicians on this podcast. I don't know if you know um, Tim Coghill. No. He's a good friend of mine. I, I interviewed him a little while ago. He's a drummer and mm-hmm. he toured with Matt Corby um, mm-hmm. years ago. But we talked about a similar thing and how tough it can be. Um, you know, I've changed jobs <laughs> a lot um, in the past few months or years rather, I probably should say. But yeah, months as well, a little bit. Um, as you're, you know, progressing, you've released more music recently than you probably had in the past eight years prior, right? Yeah. Do you see that it's getting easier or, you know, you've got, you know, a contact like that, for example, and an example to work towards, but like, what do you struggle with most in terms of like, maybe your creative process? Now, you know, what's funny is that like, literally in the last six months, it's all come together now. Like I've worked out how to do it and... I don't really struggle with any anything of it now. Wow. Um, yeah, it's... I think before I wasn't being... Well, there was a number of things. Like, one, I just, like, hadn't dealt with enough of stuff in my life, just in other areas of my life. And so that was um, moving over into... making music hard because Mm. I was struggling in other areas of my life. Yeah. So it was just, everything was hard. Um, So I've handled, you know, myself as a whole person and that just makes everything easier. Yeah. And frees up, you know, my ability to do everything well. Yeah. And so then I realized I just wasn't actually working hard enough, basically. I was just thinking about it all the time mm. and feeling upset about it all the time. And so then I, I, I guess I learned a whole new skill set of how to do things in life. And part of that was just like make more products, like do more, make more music and make more avenues that you can put that music out on. Like okay. assess like, okay, well, how can you make money from music? Like you can perform you that's one sellable part of it you can like be a songwriter that's another sellable part of it you can be a vocalist um you can do all of those things and you can do collaborations with other people on lots of those things as well so Mm. i suddenly just went from feeling like quite stuck in just trying to like be a solo artist um and trying to just like release a single every now and again and figuring out how to like make money enough to live off that. Right. And also feeling like very like introverted emotionally about it all the time because I felt like I had to get it perfect because it was going to be representing this one thing is going to represent me. Right. And so it had to be so perfect. And then I went through a phase of being like, well, uh, this doesn't make me happy anymore and it certainly doesn't make me money. Mm. So I either like stop it completely or I like have a try at doing it differently. Um, so 
then what did it start? Oh yeah. I went over to America and I actually, I made this full album with, do you know the band? Oh, what are they called? One Republic. Yeah. So the, one of the lead songwriters from that band is like a multi squillionaire and yeah. he basically does the music for every TV ad in America. Okay. Um, That's a good gig. Yeah. <laughs> you can get it. <laughs> and he needed a vocalist for his new collection of advertising music. Yeah. And somehow someone put me in touch with him and stuff and I ended up doing that. And so I got like just, I didn't even write the songs, but I got like given a small percentage of the mastering royalties. Wow. And I started making like, like every now and again, I would get like really good chunks of money from that. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I want to move into doing like advertising music. I'm not talking like jingles. I'm talking about like just good pop songs that get picked up for ads. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, that's one avenue that I'm going to go down. Right. Um, and then another one was actually performing and getting like paid to do that, mm. which I started out doing busking. Right. And that was incredible because I actually had always, I'd never considered myself as like a very good performer or someone that would like, I don't know, that people would actually like pay money to watch and see. Yeah, right. I thought like this is just my thing that I like performing on stage, but like probably no one else will like it. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. So you never had that as a thought, but then it obviously changed recently. Yeah. Right. It changed because suddenly I I put in a whole lot of work and I mm. started like really rehearsing, like learning how to play guitar well enough that it could be, you know, an enjoyable performance to watch. Mm. And I learned a whole bunch of songs, uh, got myself an iPad and I just started performing. I got myself like um, a booking agency to book me for doing weddings and stuff. Yeah. And sort of just jumped into it thinking like, I'm terrified, but I will just make this work somehow. Mm. And I have. And like my skill at performing and playing now is more than it has ever been. Like times a hundred. Yeah. Like I can sing so much better. I can play so much better and I'm confident and I know I'm good when I'm up there. Yeah. Um, so both of those things have been like... Not only have I started earning money from it, but like I'm so much better at being a musician. I'm a better musician than ever because I'm actually doing it properly now. Right. Um, and is it because you're doing it more and more often as well? Like you're just constantly yeah. doing it? Like the practice yeah. of it? Yeah. I'm like in the the action of doing it. Whereas before there was a lot of thinking about doing it all the time. Mm. A lot of thinking about doing it, but not a lot of doing it. Um, That's so bad. Like why can't we just think about things and they happen, right? <laughs> yeah if only <laughs> if only okay now i don't really think about them that much i just now i do but i don't think so much that's good it's great yeah um yeah so basically that i just do lots more music and have a bunch of projects coming out and stuff sweet do you have any any projects about to come out that yeah you'd like to talk about or yeah share yep so plug away okay. <laughs> <laughs> not that's necessarily what i'm here, here for but love to hear about it um i have a few different ones so one is i've started moving 
like doing music for film and TV has been like something that I've really wanted to do for a really long time. Cause mm. I feel like my, my writing like as a songwriter and my vocals are quite suited to, um, syncing with a, a picture like movie. Mm. Um, so I always wanted to do like atmospheric movie trailer music and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I recently got given a film to score, which is like, it's like a two hour film that's by an Australian um, director. And I did the music with one of my friends who lives in America mm. called Travis Warner. And he's an amazing composer. He does like all incredible string sections and piano and um, he's a really good friend of mine and his other very good best friend and one of my other best friends over there who I used to live with is an amazing producer as well. So the three of us teamed up and across the internet over the last two months, we like did the full music for this film. Yeah. Wow. And it's like this really beautiful acoustic folk music with like a little bit of piano, mostly just guitar and duet me and my friend Travis singing together Wow! and I love it because I'm like part of me just loves playing folk music you mm. know and I don't get to do that so much with my Charles project because I really moved more into like electronic pop music yeah um so we did all the music for this film which is coming out next year and then we were like this is amazing we have to put it into an EP let's just release an EP so I have that which will I don't know when it's coming out but I'm sort of working out how to do that one independently. Yeah, sure. Um, and then another project I'm working on is with another artist who's signed to my record label called Liboku. Um, and he does electronic music, um, like indie hipster electronic music. Yeah. <laughs> um, we teamed up and did a songwriting session together and, it went really well. So then we kept doing writing and then we were like, Hey, let's just do a project together. So I think we're going to, um, <laughs> call it, um, a different name. And that first single will be coming out in March. I think yeah. we just did a photo shoot with Tash two days ago for that. Nice. Um, and yeah, I have a few other things I'm working on, but maybe those ones are enough for the moment. Yeah. Cool, well, thank you for sharing those. No worries. I don't have too many more, but thank That's you. That's fine, I feel like I've told you a lot. <laughs> no, it's been really good. Thank you. Good. Uh, it's, it's, like, I literally, I put so many in just in case. Oh my God. But. What, in case I only had like yes or no answers for you? Yeah, imagine. <laughs> uh, um, yes. Great podcast. <laughs> What's your favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. No, cool. So what have you, what else have you got on there? Oh yeah, I've got I've got a few. So what are you trying to achieve in your life? <laughs> have you thought about it before? Yeah, completely. But um I guess I'm just trying to work out how to change the language to make it um understandable for the listener. Sure. I would like to 
get myself into a very like high condition of living um by that i mean like i would like good health good happiness good money good like surroundings um a good like relationship with my husband and children and be able to be in a position to help others to do very well in life as well mm. So I guess what I'm aiming for is like high, high happiness and survival and an ability to assist other people to have that as well. Nice. And to, part of that would be to be making lots of art and collaborating with other people on lots of art and having that um, out in the world. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, good luck. Thanks. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, you did turn 30 last month, October. I did. <laughs> I'm also in October. Um, what a month. Are you, are you Libran? <laughs> yes. Oh, You're not, are you? Yeah. Oh, you are? Because like, I know there's a cutoff, but actually, yeah, it's like end of September, isn't it? Into like... Yeah. Sort of end-ish of October. Yeah. Yeah. Where Librans are all good people, I swear to God. <laughs> I swear we're all really good people. <laughs> Said by two liberals, absolutely. <laughs> um, how's your life turned out differently than you expected it to? Now, this can obviously be from any point in your life. You know, I know when I was a young kid, you have a, an expectation or a dream or this is what it's going to be like. And you know, I turned 27 a few weeks ago. Like, yeah. completely different. And the world is changing, but, yeah. Um. Well, I, there's two different points, like, from what I thought as a young kid is a different thing from what I saw, like, what I thought I would be when I was, like, a teenager. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've when I was younger, like, a kid, I think I probably thought that I would be, like, married with kids by now. Yeah. And... I don't know. I guess when I was more of a teenager like I thought probably that I I don't know would be somewhere different with music my desire for like many years was to be more of a like successful solo artist more in the pop world you know that was all over radio and um like that sort of thing but that I don't want that anymore sure which is funny um it's funny because now I probably like have come back done a full circle to now aiming to have the things that I wanted when I was very young right like just a really nice happy stable home environment and creating like um, a happy family and to just like be enjoying I don't know the more like normal things in life mm. like when I think about being on tour constantly or what like what comes along with that other lifestyle of like having 
songs all over radio and film clips and touring and stuff and like that's exhausting right. it's so much work and that's not that i don't want to be doing work but it's like it's a different type of work sure you know? <laughs> it almost feels like and i have no experience in the industry so feel free to say that's not what it's like idiot <laughs> but it almost feels like it's, and i feel like as from a young age as well you're thrust into this world like I didn't, you didn't mention before, if you had a manager, for example, you and your friend, but almost like you're being used. And I don't say that in a really bad way, but it's like you, you're this talented artist and, you know, you're almost like fuel to the fire of this big production or like this big record label. And I could be completely missing the mark in saying that, but now what you're describing is like, I just want to be able to create things that I really enjoy mm. that like in, that spark joy in me and yeah. you know all that noise and all that you know hectic crazy stuff can totally do one <laughs> that's exactly what it's like like literally now I've gotten I've gotten it to a point where I don't have I'm not locked into like any crazy contracts with record labels um or managers or anything like and I kind of just I'm making like more art now than I ever was then when I had all of those um, contracts and like expectations of people around me to do certain things. Mm. Now I just like do it all off my own back the whole time. And when there's a product there that I want, like when there's a song or whatever to be released, then I can get other people involved Mm. to like help with that. But I don't want somebody like sort of waiting on my back the whole time for me to like do things yeah to make them have a purpose to be in my life you know totally so nice yeah (laughs) i like it what motivates you then to do what you do on a daily basis now i know we've sort of talked a little bit about that and i could probably deduce the answer but um in terms of like art and music yeah or just like you mentioned you know it's a sunday here we're recording you mentioned you woke up at 6 a.m this morning yeah you know i'm sure there are people who wake up at 6 a.m on a sunday but not everyone would be doing that so like why are you yeah why are you doing the daily things like the little things that you do and what keeps you motivated to do i guess like i've worked out how to like make things work for me in my life. Like I've worked out how to be happy and um, like I've worked out what, what things will make me unhappy. Like Mm. when, and so doing like art and music is just a big part of who I am. And I don't know if there's any way to stop doing that. You know, I've never tried to stop playing music but I know that it like it happens whether I'm like actively working on doing that or not um songs will write themselves in my head and I'll sing around the house all the time and there's some sort of like unconscious creating of art that's always happening for me and Mm. so I know that if I just do a little bit on that every day um, or as close to every day as I can, then that's like one 
box that I need to tick to think, keep things good in my life. Um, so I have like, you know, working on the music, um, doing a little bit of exercise every day. Um, and I guess like I have a bunch of things that I just know I need to do to stay happy and stay motivated. And can you ask me the question again? I've forgotten the question. That's I'm good. sorry. Yeah. What motivates you to do what you do on a daily basis? So. Yeah. Yeah. I guess just like knowing it's all really clear to me, like what my purpose is and what my goals are. And I know what that looks like broken down into a day. Yeah. And so I know what my job is every day, you know, for myself mm. to get that goal and be on that purpose. And that's, yeah, that's how I do it. <laughs> cool. Nice one. What advice would you give to your 20 year old self? Don't take drugs. Okay. And... Ooh. I'm guessing you'd already taken drugs by that point, though. I certainly had. <laughs> With a somewhat guilty look <laughs> on the face. That's great. 20-year-old <laughs> um, self. Uh, mm. Go to America sooner. Okay. I mean, I guess I was already going then, but... I don't know. It's all been pretty good. Like, I mean... Like, it was crazy for a while, but... I knew when I was, like, leading a crazy life and doing crazy things that I was at some point going to have to like dig myself out of all of that as well. And so that was like, I guess part of the like adventure for me was this is all crazy. And at some point you're going to have to like get out of this. See how far down you can go before you have to start building up on a 45 degree angle to get Literally. out. Literally. Sure. So like it's, yeah, been a challenging like last eight years, and I've been like, oh my god, why did I do all that? But I knew at the time when I was doing it that I was just like, ooh, how are you gonna get out of this? This is gonna be an adventure. Do you think you'd tell your twenty-year-old self to not do like you say, don't do drugs? But some of those other things that you're looking at, like, I mean, you're grinning almost thinking back now. <laughs> like, do you really regret all of those things? Because, you know, I've got things that I maybe would like to not have done but at the same time I sit here and like well if I didn't do them yeah maybe I would want to do them or like maybe I'd do them again yeah. <laughs> later in life you know what I mean yeah so that's what I think but so I asked the question because I don't think there's a right or wrong answer necessarily I think probably like the main thing and and probably the thing that like really got me out of everything and that has had the most amazing impact on my life is to really pick good friends to have around you and good people mm. and um, I think that would be my advice to my 20 year old self is 
um, be smarter and look more closely about the people that you're surrounding yourself with and work harder to find your like true group because they are there. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good place to end this conversation. Yeah. So thank you. Is there anything you'd like to add though before we do go before I press stop? <laughs> um no I don't think so. Just thanks so much for having me. This was fun. Yeah you're welcome. Well there you go. Charlie Thorpe, thank you so much. Thanks. And there you have it. Another episode of the Hope Initiative, episode 34, which means I'm just over a third of the way to my first goal of 100 episodes. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. And if you did, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, share it with a friend, and maybe go back and listen to a few of the prior episodes if this was your first one. But thanks again. And really, thanks again to Charlie. I really enjoyed uh, editing that one back. It was really, yeah, really enjoyable. Thanks again to you, and until next time, all the very best.